Welcome to Managed Care Cast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. My name is Maggie Shaw, editor for the American Journal of Managed Care. The American Rescue Plan Act, or ARPA, also known as the COVID-19 Stimulus Package, went into effect on March 11, 2021. Facets of this plan include increases to the Earned Income Tax Credit for individuals who do not have children, increases to the Child Tax Credit, and the lowering or elimination of health insurance premiums for lower and middle-income families with coverage through one of the health insurance marketplaces. On this episode of Managed Care Cast, Dr. Vicki Fung of the Mongan Institute Health Policy Center at Mass General Research Institute discusses her team's investigation into how the ARPA's premium tax credits improved the affordability of health insurance marketplace plans for individuals and who may be eligible for these credits. She also details the difficulties inherent in making the switch from employer-provided coverage to marketplace coverage and explains the potential savings, who may and may not be eligible for the credits, and why awareness of the family glitch is crucial. If you can just start by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about your work, please. Hi, I'm Vicki Fung. Um, Glad to be here today. Um, I am an associate professor of medicine at the Mongan Institute at Massachusetts General Hospital and Harvard Medical School. My research largely focuses on U.S. health insurance policy and the effects of these policies on healthcare affordability, access to care, downstream outcomes, um, and particularly for low-income and other disadvantaged populations. Can you give us a brief synopsis of your study that appears in our August issue, as well as its principal findings? So in this study, our goal was to estimate the impact of new premium tax credits that became available under the American Rescue Plan Act for individual market enrollees. These subsidies were available to people who enrolled through the ACA marketplaces. So there were about 14 million people in the ACA marketplaces in 2022. Um, But there's still a large number of people, an estimated about 3 million people, who purchase individual market plans outside of the ACA marketplaces, or what we call off-marketplace, and therefore uh, could miss opportunities to receive these subsidies. Because when you purchase plans off-marketplace, you don't get premium tax credits, even if you're um, eligible for them. So as I mentioned, the American Rescue Plan Act, um, it increased the availability and the generosity of the premium tax credits for marketplace enrollees in 2021 and 2022. Um, This included extending premium tax credits to households with incomes above 400% of the federal poverty level and increasing the generosity of the premium tax credits um, across all income levels by lowering the percentage of income that enrollees were expected to contribute to the premiums. Um, The Congressional Budget Office had estimated that only about 10% of off-marketplace enrollees would convert to a marketplace plan under ARP, but overall there's quite limited data on the off-marketplace enrollees in general, and there were not existing estimates on what their potential gains under ARP might have been, and hence their potential incentive to convert to marketplace plans. So in this study, we used data from a survey that we had conducted earlier in California in 2017 
that included both marketplace and off-marketplace enrollees. And we focused on those who were off-marketplace enrollees to estimate their potential premium subsidies um, if they converted to marketplace plans using information that they provided to us, including on their um, household income. So as we expected, we found that off-marketplace enrollees were much more likely than marketplace enrollees to have incomes above 400% of the federal poverty level. So about half of off-marketplace enrollees versus about 16% of marketplace enrollees in our study had income levels of above 400% FPL. And so these individuals could be newly eligible for premium tax credits under ARP. Overall, we found that the median annual premium tax credit under ARP that an off-marketplace enrollee in California would have been eligible for was about $300. Um, but we found considerable variation across enrollees um, by their income level. So as we would expect, those with lower incomes between 100 and 400% of FPL um, had larger premium tax credits, around $4,000 per year at the median. Um, and then for those with incomes above 400% of the federal poverty level, we found that the median premium tax credit under ARP was $0. But again, within this group, there was a lot of variability. And given the rules around um, premium pricing for the individual market enrollees, this variation is really by age and their plan size. So whether someone was buying a plan just for themselves or whether they're buying a plan for their family. What are the principal differences between marketplace and off-marketplace plans? Does each have specific benefits and drawbacks? Yeah, that's a great question. I think first it's important to point out the similarities between marketplace and off-marketplace plans. So regardless of where they're sold, these plans must cover the 10 essential health benefits mandated by the Affordable Care Act. And in addition, as I mentioned earlier, the premiums for these plans are community rated, meaning that they can't vary based on your health status or gender, but only on your age and where you live or your pricing region, and possibly whether you're a tobacco user or not. Both marketplace and off-marketplace plans are classified by metal level, including bronze, silver, gold, and platinum, which indicate the plan's actuarial value or the percentage of um, the medical costs that are covered by the plan. In California, there's actually a mirroring rule, which means that marketplace plans have to have a mirrored product or an identical plan that's offered off-marketplace, but the opposite isn't required. So there could be plans that are offered off-marketplace that aren't available on the marketplaces. And there could be some differences in these plans in some plan features, such as their provider networks or the design that they use, like whether the plan is an HMO or a PPO. But if the same plan is offered on and off-marketplace, they should be offered at the same price. However, a big difference is that those who purchase plans off the marketplace can't receive premium or cost-sharing subsidies for which they might be eligible for on the marketplace. Speaking of eligibility, what are the eligibility criteria for these tax credits under the American Rescue Plan Act? And how do they differ from those offered under the Affordable Care Act? Okay, so the American Rescue Plan Act increased both the availability of premium tax credits and the generosity of the tax credits compared with ACA. Um, in 2021 and 2022. So specifically, it extended premium tax credits to households with incomes above 400% of the federal poverty level, which has been sometimes referred to as the ACA subsidy cliff. Um, under ARP, households with incomes above this level 
have a premium cap of eight and a half percent of their income, meaning that the federal government will provide tax credits to cover the difference between the cost of a benchmark silver plan in their pricing region and this premium cap. In addition, ARP also decreased the premium cap as a percentage of income across all the income levels. So for example, for those with incomes between 133 to 150% of the federal poverty level, the income cap under the ACA ranged from about 3 to 4%, but under ARP, the income cap was 0%, meaning that these individuals could get a plan for free or nearly for free. The ARP also extended the most generous premium and cost-sharing subsidies to individuals who received or were approved to receive unemployment compensation. So essentially, they treat them as if they were in the lowest income group at 133% FPL. Um, our survey didn't collect information on whether respondents received unemployment compensation. Um, and you know, we would expect that this potentially could be higher in 2021 versus 2017. So we couldn't assess the impact of this later change. So it's possible that our estimates could be even higher for individuals in our survey who um, could be eligible for these uh, generous subsidies due to unemployment compensation. Notably, the unemployment compensation subsidies were only available in a single year for 2021. Also, ARP did not address two major sources of ineligibility for premium tax credits. So the first is sometimes called the Medicaid coverage gap. And what this means is that um, those who have incomes below 100% of the federal poverty line are not eligible for premium tax credits because the way the law was written, um, it was expected that these individuals could receive Medicaid coverage through Medicaid expansion. But as we know, some states have chosen not to expand Medicaid. And so in those states, these individuals could face very large premiums for marketplace insurance because they don't qualify for Medicaid nor for premium tax credits. Although off-marketplace enrollees tend to be higher income, we still found that among our respondents, about 2% of off-marketplace enrollees reported incomes below poverty in our survey. Um, the second potential source of ineligibility for premium tax credits is sometimes called the family glitch. And this is a little bit more complicated. So to avoid potentially crowding out employer-sponsored coverage with individual marketplace coverage, those who have access to what's deemed affordable employer-sponsored coverage are not eligible for premium tax credits. The affordability test is about 9.8% of income, at least that was that in 2021. So if the cost of obtaining employer-sponsored coverage is less than, you know, 9.8% of your income, um, you're not eligible for premium tax credits. However, the way that the law was written, the cost of employer-sponsored coverage is based on the cost of covering only oneself and not the cost of covering their family. So if the cost of covering their family exceeds this affordability threshold, but the cost of covering their self, themselves is below this threshold, their dependents are not eligible for premium tax credits in the marketplace. And so the current estimates are about 5 million or so people are affected by this family glitch. And many of them are, are children or dependents of, of employees. So using our survey, we found that about 10% of off-marketplace enrollees could be affected by the family glitch, either because they or their spouse or partner were offered employer-sponsored coverage. So for these enrollees, they would continue to be ineligible for premium tax credits under ARP, even if they employed in marketplace plans. Um, but notably, the Biden administration has recently proposed 
a regulatory change to address the family glitch, which would take place starting in 2023. Can you discuss the reasons that might prevent off-marketplace plan enrollees from making the switch to a marketplace plan to take advantage of these premium tax credits? Yeah, so the issue of inertia and insurance plan choices is pretty well documented in prior studies, uh, meaning that once people choose a plan, they tend to stick with it, even if better options are available. Switching plans can have really large transaction costs, you know, including researching and learning about the plans, choosing a new plan, and then the administrative hassle of canceling your existing plan and signing up for a new one. So, I mean, these costs are real and they certainly could be a barrier to people switching plans. And moreover, the subsidies under ARP were available only temporarily. So um, for those receiving unemployment compensation, although very generous, the subsidies were only available for a single year in 2021. And the other subsidies were only available in 2021 to 2022. So individuals might be hesitant to undergo the hassle of choosing and enrolling in a new plan for just temporary gains. And especially if they don't know exactly what the gains will be. So I think on that note, you know, sort of lack of awareness of the policy changes and the availability of the premium tax credits, especially for those who are previously ineligible and hadn't had experience, you know, uh, receiving premium tax credits, that could also be a major barrier to taking advantage of them. Um, And in fact, in our survey, we found that nearly 70% of respondents who are enrolled in off-marketplace plans hadn't checked on their eligibility for premium tax credits. And 57% were unaware that they had to enroll in a marketplace plan in order to receive the premium tax credits. So, you know, that's in 2017, about four years into the Affordable Care Act marketplaces and awareness of the premium tax credits among off-marketplace enrollees was still quite limited. The last thing I'll say is that the enrollment channels through which people purchase plans could also have an influence on whether they you know, switch or enroll in a marketplace plans. So about half of the off-marketplace enrollees in our sample had enrolled into their plan through an insurance agent or broker. And if these insurance agents or brokers are somehow financially disincentivized from enrolling clients in marketplace plans, that could also reduce uptake of these new subsidies. How could your findings help inform the ongoing legislative effort to extend these tax credits? Yeah, so I think first and foremost, our findings help underscore the potential affordability gains associated with the premium tax credits under ARP uh, for those who are purchasing individual market insurance and the importance of these legislative efforts to extend these credits longer term. They are set to expire at the end of this calendar year and time to renew them longer term is running fairly short. The value of these subsidies for consumers who don't have access to employer-sponsored coverage or to other forms of coverage like Medicaid or Medicare could be even greater in the coming years, especially as the COVID-19 public health emergency ends and some of the provisions around continuous Medicaid coverage start to unwind across states. You know, so with this unwinding, many, many more people could be turning to the marketplaces for insurance. And improving the affordability of individual market insurance has been an ongoing policy concern. As we see, the tax credits that are available under ARP were very generous, especially for those who are lower and middle income consumers and for older consumers covering families kind of across all income ranges. Second, the number of 
individuals who continue to purchase off-marketplace plans, including those who could have been eligible for subsidies under the ACA, highlights the fact that there could be a fair amount of missed opportunities for subsidies and potentially you know, suboptimal plan choices. And that with policy changes that extend or introduce new subsidies, also allowing for sufficient resources for things like out outreach, education, you know, helping people navigate their plan choices is also really important to help people take advantage of these types of financial assistance. And then lastly, you know, as we were talking about earlier, we found a fairly sizable number of off-marketplace enrollees who could continue to be ineligible for premium tax credits under the ACA and ARP, um, such as due to the Medicaid coverage gap and the family glitch. Although the Biden administration did propose these regulatory changes to address the family glitch, legislative efforts, you know, to codify these changes um, would also be important. Did any of your findings surprise you? Yeah, I think we were surprised by the amount of variability in the magnitude of the premium tax credits, um, especially for those with incomes above 400% of the federal poverty level. So, you know, many individuals, especially those under age 55 and in individual plans, wouldn't have received any premium tax credits, at least given the benchmark um, premiums in California in 2017. So notably, premiums could be higher, you know, in later years and also in other states. And thus, you know, that's just a generalizability concern of our study. But on the other hand, we found that others were eligible for really sizable premium tax credits, and especially older people who are covering families. And I think this highlights the importance of really having the resources to communicate the details and the nuances of these policies to people um, and to help with sort of targeted outreach. So, you know, for example, if enrollees sort of hear broad messaging that highlights the generosity of the premium tax credits for everybody, and then sort of go through the, you know, the process of switching plans and find that they don't actually, you know, their premiums don't change. This could discourage them from engaging in, in future efforts aimed at improving premium affordability. So just sort of, sort of thinking about how we help people during these transitions is really important. And then the other thing that surprised us was, you know, again, there's this perception of off-marketplace enrollees generally being higher income. And we do find that they are, uh, they do have report higher income levels compared with marketplace enrollees. But there's still a sizable number who had incomes below 400% of the federal poverty level who were in off-marketplace plans, who were likely missing opportunities for premium tax credits at the time of our survey under the ACA in 2017. This is four years into the ACA, and I think this really raises concerns about just ongoing lack of sort of awareness and knowledge about the premium tax credits in general and how to obtain them, which is really important to address. Before we say goodbye, are there any closing thoughts you would like to add? Yeah, I'd just like to note that our findings focus on the effects of ARP on off-marketplace enrollees. But if the ARP subsidies aren't extended, our findings also provide insights into how premiums might change, especially for consumers on the marketplace who have incomes above 400% of the federal poverty level. So again, I just want to kind of underscore sort of how our findings relate to the ongoing legislative efforts to extend these subsidies that were available under ARP. Well, thank you, Dr. Fung, for joining us today. It was lovely speaking with you. We certainly learned a lot about these plans, so I do appreciate you taking the time. It was my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me.
for all of us at AJMC.com, thanks for listening. To learn more about this issue, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, email info at AJMC.com or follow us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.